Hey everyone, and welcome to the Four for Soaring podcast. Uh, this post was written back in May 11th of 2019, and so I've read it for you. I'm going to try to break it up into a couple of different uh, sections, uh, but essentially it's just a wonderful review of all the moms who had an impact on me over the years. Um, I'm very blessed that I had many women in my life that were looking out after me, and I just wanted to share a little snapshot of each one of them with you. And um, one of the things I'm hoping to do out of this is encourage people to not only um, appreciate the moms in their life, not only really um, cherish uh, what they bring and what they do to help make us uh, who we are, but also if people haven't really looked or haven't really found a mom or a mom figure to encourage them that they can find them, that if they are looking, if they are open to it, even if their mom um, is not the right mom for that right season in their life, uh, that they can find a mom. And so I just wanted to um, highlight that uh, for you right before we go into it. I'm not going to talk much longer because it's a fairly long uh, podcast anyway and a fairly long article. Uh, looks like the recording was about 18 minutes just by itself. So I'm going to shut up now and uh, let you listen to the blog post. And thank you for all your support. If you're listening, you're one of my few fans, and I appreciate that. And if there's anything I can do, make sure that you find a way through all of the social media to get a hold of me and I'd be glad to chat with you. Take care. A mom for all seasons. If any of you were to write a blog about your mom entitled it A Mom for All Seasons, I suspect your story might be about one special woman who showered you with unconditional love, who was your rock, your inspiration, and a guiding light in your life. Still, others of you might write a story of two or maybe three such ladies. In this world of moms, stepmoms, adopted moms, and biological moms, there's no end to the variety of moms in our lives. All of them have such a profound impact. There may be yet another segment of you out there that will feel like they have no mom or a mom figure to write about. If that's you, I'm so sorry, and I hope this story helps you realize that out in the world are so many special people who want to love you like a mom, whether you are their kid or not, no matter what age you are. The last subset of folks out there reading this may be more like me, perplexed on Mother's Day about who to thank first, challenged with so many incredible mom figures in their lives that raising them one above another would be a disservice to the season in which they were there for me in that way that is only describable to those who have known that kind of unconditional mom love that might prompt one to write a blog post like the one I described above. As I've wrestled with this dilemma through the years, I've written Facebook posts, built collages, reached out to each one separately. You name the tactic, I've tried it. This is the first time I'm going to try to write in more depth about a sample of these ladies in the framework of my 50 years of life so far, and the many seasons that these ladies have played a part in. 
I need to start by prefacing that I am probably going to mess some things up. I'm probably going to forget something or someone critical, but my prayer is that this will be read in the spirit it is written in as a tribute and as a small glimpse into the wonder of moms and how people can be there for each other at the most critical and pivotal moments in their lives. The first mom I'm going to talk about is my actual biological mom, the mom of my birth, Catherine. And I call this part of the talk, the birth of belonging. In my written blog um, out on 4forsoaring.com, I have a video of me and my mom and my sisters uh, from way back. It was taken in the days of um, film, actually, and I had it converted. You might want to go out there and check it out. I'm convinced that the woman who is kind enough to give me life and so many other incredible gifts had every intention of my never needing any other mom figure in my life. Circumstances, in hindsight, some of my very own making, proved that this was not to be the case. Thanks to my dad's early adoption of home movie equipment, I'm very lucky to have actual footage of this unbridled joy and affection she had for me in the video that's included in the written form on the web. There's also a picture of me and her in a very happy time when I was um, very young. I think it's easy to see that my mom wanted nothing but joy and happiness for me from my earliest days toddling around this planet. She provided my fledgling brain, heart, and spirit with everything she could to give me the right start in life, and I'm forever grateful for that. My mom and I were very close from early on and into my childhood. She taught me to love music. She taught me to love art and explore my creative side. My mom and I watched a lot of the same TV shows and talked philosophically about life, even at a young age. My mom, sisters, and I relied on each other to navigate the life of a single mom with four kids. It wasn't always sunshine and roses, but she stood up for me when I was picked on at school. She laughed at my terrible impressions and she encouraged my love of learning. She taught me many lessons about life, survival, and finding joy in the midst of struggle. The next mom I feature is my grandma, Josephine. And I call this segment a firm foundation in we need each other and a glimpse at servant leadership. I have a picture of me hugging my grandma when I'm very young uh, in front of a Christmas tree. Right alongside my mom, I was lavished with the kind of love and attention that only the firstborn grandson of a New York Italian-American family can understand. This all came from my grandmother. The next mom figure was the strongest family figure for all of us through the first part of my life until her passing. For me and my triplet sisters, the lines blurred between our grandma and our mom as they co-parented us through some challenging years. This mom was beautiful in so many ways. She taught me so much about life that I'm still uncovering today. She literally risked jail for us. She wrote bad checks to feed us. She made our clothes, sometimes when we had no money. She let each of us live with her at various times in our tumultuous lives. She worked to manage the more chaotic elements of our lives as much as she could. She helped me get my first job, my first car, get in contact with my estranged father and family in New York. She was an amazing woman, and one day I'll write a special 
proper post about her. But for now, I'll keep it short and simple. She taught me grit. She taught me how to manage my way through untenable situations to the other side. She taught me how to make family a priority. Mostly, she showed me what servant leadership was all about before I ever had words for that. I wish my wife and kids and my younger and newer family and friends could have known her. She was truly one of a kind and will always be in a pinnacle spot in the hall of JJ's moms. The next mom in our lineup is my Aunt Margaret. And I call this one the loyal laughter of childhood. And I have a picture that my Aunt Margaret absolutely hates that we recently recreated sitting out on the web for you to view if you ever get a chance. It's pretty dorky, but I love it. The next mom-like figure I'd like to feature is my Aunt Margaret. This is a bit weird because I could just as easily share that she was more like a big sister to me. We shared a room for part of my childhood. We shared many laughs. She took me with her to her high school football games. She celebrated me and cheered me on through childhood and young adult trials alike. She and I were, at various times, each other's person, as they call it nowadays, well before that term was ever coined. So perhaps it's a bit off the mark to include her here, except for the fact that before she had kids of her own, and even at certain times thereafter, she watched out for me as if I were her kid and showered me with that level of self-sacrificial love and attention that was more about me and less about her than only moms can exhibit. The next mom is my Aunt Jo. And I call this the sparks of esteem and possibility. And I have another dorky picture of myself as a young adult with my Aunt Jo standing there right in front of me with a classic Aunt Jo smirk out on the web. When I was a teenager before I started working, I was poor. <laughs> Food stamp poor. No quarter for the Dig Dug video game poor. There's more about that in other blog posts, but the next mom figure in my journey is my Aunt Jo. And Aunt Jo was responsible for teaching me so many things about being both a kid and an adult I can never repay her. During a very pivotal time in my life, when my self-esteem was at an all-time low, my aunt was like a mom to me. Under the guise of me coming up to help her and her husband care for their new baby girl, she arranged for me to live in New York City with them for more than one summer. There I learned about life in the city, caring for a young family, going out to eat at restaurants. I had my first restaurant beer, my first true tourist experiences at places like Ellis Island, the Statue of Liberty, and the World Trade Center. I was at first, at first forced and then allowed to go out and buy vegetables and groceries on my own at the corner market. That was scary for me, but I did it. It taught me courage. I'd say I had some of my very first ever clothing and haircuts that were not from a thrift store or my grandmother's seamstress scissors. As we drove down the bustling streets of New York, she noticed I couldn't see the signs as crisply as I should be seeing them, and it helped me get my first pair of glasses. She opened up the world for me, expanding it from black and white to technicolor, both literally and figuratively. More than anything, she built me up. She told me I was going to be okay, 
She refused to let me wallow or put myself down. She built me up and tried to make me as ready as she could for my next steps in life. She helped me see there could be more for me than the life I was living and that I was capable of achieving it. I had been told that before, but I didn't believe it until my time with her. The next one, again, another goofy picture of me <laughs> as a young adult with my friend Pat, who was also my manager at McDonald's. And I call this one the power of potential and unconditional love. I'll never forget a certain walk that was both just like and not like any other walk around the McDonald's restaurant where Pat and I were managers. She was not only my boss, but she was also my mom. And we had ourselves a little family there at the restaurant. I had come back from my time with Aunt Jo in New York and started working at McDonald's. A couple of years later, I was managing at said McDonald's with Pat as my boss. Shortly after that, she and I got our own store, quote unquote, where she was the manager and I was the assistant. It was an amazing time and I learned a great deal about managing people while also serving and loving them from her. An opportunity came up for me to leave and try something different, but it was an opportunity fraught with challenges and potential burning of bridges. I essentially had to leave everything I had been building to go try and build something else somewhere else. One of the things I dreaded about this decision was letting down my champion and letting down my latest mom in the hall of JJ Moms. So when we went for that walk, and I told her, she probably held back all of her instincts to tell me this was a potentially disastrous move and instead simply told me she loved me unconditionally and would support me no matter what I did or where I went. Mind you, at the time, she and I were critical players in an incredibly busy business, and this move meant professional pain and challenge for her on top of worrying about me leaving town. Yet she chose to support me over self-preservation, a mom's love if I've ever known it. P.S. When I returned with my tail tucked between my legs, some years later I received a judgment-free welcome, as if I were the prodigal son returning home. The next mom does not include a dorky picture of me. It includes a picture of her with her husband. And this is about Evelyn, my best friend's mom. And I call it adoption without the paperwork. It's weird even typing the word Evelyn as Mom Galloway will always and forever be Mom Galloway to me. Mom Galloway is the biological mom of my best friend's family. A family who practically adopted me in my teenage years as I described above while I worked at McDonald's and forever after. The man in the picture on the web is her husband, Duke, who passed away suddenly one Christmas. That Christmas stands out in my mind for many reasons, but for one, the reason I was there, as it was the most Christmas-like dwelling to be at the time for me. Her boys were helping me with work on one of my beater cars that Christmas. She was cooking incredible meals and asking about my day like any mom would, just accepting my presence at her house by day, overnight, just any time I wanted to be there, any time I needed to be there as a given. There was no drama to the adoption, no papers. I was just always introduced as the adopted child of the family and I still feel like their son. Decades after I held her hand 
on the kitchen table after Duke's passing. I still receive handwritten notes asking after my family. I still get giddy smiles when I make an all-too-infrequent phone call to her, and an ooh, John, I'm so happy you called. Her voice and written cards sound and look like home to me, and she will forever represent that as well. Mom G will forever be my adopted mom without papers. And the next picture does include a dorky adult picture of me with my mama Gail. Gail, my mama at work. When you're new to your career and you start leading people, you don't expect that you'll end up calling one mom. But that's what happened to me. I was also new to my marriage and a young father at the time, and there I found myself at work with this woman who wanted nothing more than to reassure me and build me up every day. Gail's not super mushy or gushy, despite my depiction. In fact, she's quite matter-of-fact in her declarations. The kind of mama I needed at this season was exactly what God brought me. A no-nonsense, unconditionally loving, straight-talk-wielding lady who wouldn't put up with my crap, but wouldn't let me beat myself up either. You make a lot of mistakes as a young career person and a young dad, and I was blessed to have this kind of support both at home with the next lady you'll hear about and at work with my mama, Gail. She will forever be the lovey howl on the Gilligan's Island of my mom's. And then another dorky picture of me at my wedding is on the web with my mother-in-law, Diane. And I call this one a refuge of calm counsel. A lot of folks get confused when I call my mother-in-law mom instead of Diane. The same is true for my father-in-law, and I hope part of their confusion is the affection they hear in my voice for each of them. I hope another part of the confusion is because I hit some sort of strange jackpot when I married into my family that included this woman who provides me a place to go that so many of the best mothers do. A grace-filled refuge and a place of confidence to share both my triumphs and tribulations. This has been the case since the earliest days of my marriage and is simply who this woman is to so many of us. A world-class listener and a wise counselor she has a way of providing thoughtful feedback and setting me back on track without damaging my all-too-fragile ego. Like so many of these ladies that came before her, she builds me up when I need it. And now that I need the opposite more often than I did in my younger years, she brings me down to earth just as effortlessly. My life is eminently blessed because I get her counsel nearly full-time as we live under the same roof. And lastly, thank you. To all of them. If I haven't made it clear by now, this blog post is simply a thank you to all these women I've called mom over the years. The collage was just not enough. And who knows, I may yet write a true long-form post on each and every one of them. The truth is, I could write a book about each and it would be wholly inadequate tribute to these women and their impact on me. At my work, we have a saying, hashtag women make us better. Each year, we're prompted to write our affirmations and pledge what we will do to help women in our workplace. This is not something I need to be convinced of doing. This is not something I can fail to do. You see, women have made me better each and every day of my life. And these women are just the moms. I also have sisters, coworkers, 
friends, family, and of course my amazing wife. I can't help but want to see them all soar. If you are one of them and you're reading this, I want to see you soar. If you're a dude, I want to see you soar too. But I encourage you to lean on the mom or the moms in your life for guidance and inspiration as I have. I also encourage you to do everything you can to support, encourage, and advocate for these ladies. Because hashtag moms make us better and hashtag women make us better. Thank you once again for joining us on the Four for Soaring podcast. If you'd like to support us, there are some simple ways to do that. You can become a Patreon. You can go to our Patreon page. Or you can do a one-time donation via PayPal. Actually, all of the Four for Soaring content and ways to get into this are all on our link tree. And that's at linktr.ee slash 4 for Soaring. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.